I'm excited because we have been in a sermon series called United We Love. And I like the word united. I love that we are United Methodists. So there's not a coincidence that this series is called United We Love. Because how many know we are way better together than we are apart? Amen? Now, I've even had people go, well, you don't know. I did pretty good on my own. (laughs) I'm sure you do. But I promise you, we do way better together than we do when we're apart. And I'm really excited about this story, and I'm going to go at it a little bit different today. Because we're going to talk about, I call it the pastor, the saint, and the church. But really what we're talking about is Peter, Cornelius, and the Gentiles. And I'm going to tell you a little bit, we're going to, we're going to, The story comes from Acts 10, and we're going to read that here in a minute. But I want to give you a little bit of history about what's going on. First, I want to tell you a little bit about Cornelius. We've all got a friend like Cornelius. Do you know what Cornelius was? He was a centurion. Do you know, you remember we, we studied that a while back, right? What, what did they look like? The ones with the great looking outfits and hats, right? And a centurion, obviously by its name, centur, he at least had a hundred people that were underneath him, at least. He was what we would call in this day and age a big wig. He was a big deal. Here's the great thing about Cornelius, though. He was a Gentile, but he was a God worshiper. He gave generously to those in need among Jewish people. And he prayed to God constantly. Now I want you to understand, during this time, Jews and Gentiles didn't mix. Now, here's what I want you guys to see a parallel about what we're, we're, we're going to talk about. How many of us feel like you're either a Jew or a Gentile sometimes? And they didn't mix. It was against the law. They didn't mix. They didn't talk. And then we've got Peter. We know Peter denied Christ. We know he had an adventurous life, Randall. He walked on water with Jesus. Now, he fell, but hey, he got the first step out, right? We know that Peter was starting the church. When you read Acts, he is starting the church. That's a big deal. Peter had traveled with Jesus. So this isn't new for him, okay? So here we've got Cornelius and we've got Peter. These are the two that I want you to think about today. And in this story, when you get to the top of this story, starting at one, the quick version is, is the Holy Spirit begins to speak to Cornelius, a Gentile. Oh my goodness, think about that. The Holy Spirit begins to speak to Cornelius. 
and gives Cornelius pretty specific direction and says, you need to go get Peter. And then over here, around lunchtime, and the Bible says 3 p.m., that's a late lunch. It says, while Peter was waiting on lunch, the Holy Spirit then speaks to Peter and says, Cornelius is sending someone for you and I want you to go. I love it that that the message has already been spoken before we ever really get to the message and that is the Holy Spirit spoke to a Jew and a Gentile. So then we come to the place where it's the next morning and Peter leaves and heads to where Cornelius is. And so we're going to start at verse 24 of chapter 10 in Acts, if you want to follow with me. It says they arrived in Caesarea the following day. Anticipating their arrival, Cornelius had gathered his relatives and close friends like he was ready. He was having a party. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in order to honor him. But Peter lifted him up saying, get up. Like you, I am just a human. As they continued to talk, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, you all realize that it is forbidden for a Jew to associate or visit with outsiders. Are y'all following this? Like, do you feel like somebody has read what it's like in 2020? However, God has shown me that I should never call a person impure or unclean. For this reason, when you sent me, I came without objection. I want to know then why you sent for me. We get to verse 30, and Cornelius answered, Four days ago, at the same time, three o'clock in the afternoon, I was praying at home. Suddenly, a man in radiant clothing stood before me. He said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayers, and your compassionate acts are like a memorial offering to him. That gives me chills. Therefore, send someone to Joppa and summon Simon, who is known as Peter. He is a guest in the home of Simon, the tanner, located near the seacoast. I sent for you right away, and you were kind enough to come. Now here we are, gathered in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has directed you to say. Now I want you to listen to this last part. Peter said, I I really am learning that God doesn't show partiality to one group of people over another. Rather, in every nation, whoever worships him and does what is right is acceptable to him. Amen. Did y'all get that? Peter said, I really am learning that God doesn't show partiality 
to one group of people over another. Rather, in every nation, whoever worships him and does what is right is acceptable to him. But what I want us to think about is that one word in there about Peter that said learning. Peter had walked with Jesus. And in that moment, he had to admit his own learning. Obviously, the scripture supports what we've been talking about throughout this entire series, right? Of united together, we're all in this together. That the message of God's love is for everyone. In this case, even for the Gentiles. But for me, what's really thought-provoking is Peter's side of the story and the change that was required for him to share the good news with someone outside of his own tribe. Because without change, we can never be united in love. So the first thing I want us to think about is that every day is a new day to learn something new. I was good with yesterday. Why do I got to learn something new today, right? I see some of y'all when I say points like that, it's my favorite to get the look on your face like, oh, great. (laughs) Something else. I feel your pain. But it really is true. Every day is a new day for God to teach us something new. Life has a way of putting us in our own routine, whatever that is. A nine to five job, working nights, working around our kids' schedule. Oof, I got a kid right now playing on two baseball teams and I can barely keep up. Whatever the routine is, it's just that. It's a routine, right? And we get comfortable in that. Guys, I enjoy knowing what tomorrow is going to bring because it's the only thing I think, I think I can control. So when I read this story, I think of Peter and his routine. (laughs) And what that might have looked like. This is after Jesus' ascension. He's beginning the church. What is his routine? I find for myself that I get in my Jesus routine. That's what I call it. Of prayer, of scripture, fellowship. But sometimes I miss something pretty important. Sometimes, if I'm not careful, I can easily miss God showing me something new every day. Here's what I want you to know. We can get so busy doing anything that we miss everything. We can get so busy doing anything that we miss everything. I enjoy what it's like to get up in the morning. I don't like doing my workout in the morning. I like doing that at night. But I like getting up in the morning And if you know me, the first thing, I walk to my coffee pot. I make me a good cup of coffee. Can I get a witness? I don't look in the mirror because the front of my hair looks like it went to the back and the back looks like it went to the front. 
but I'm okay because I've got my coffee in hand. I go to my room, and I'm not kidding, I sit in my closet, and I have a little stool, and most everybody that comes in my closet thinks it's because I'm short. That is part of it. But it's also because I go and I sit there, and I close the door, and I pray. It's my schedule. It's like the only way sometimes I feel like I get through a day is because of those moments that I get to go in my closet and pray. Then I come out, think about my scripture for the day, what I want to think about, what I want to accomplish that day. And what happens in my brain is I get so focused on what that looks like that I forget that something new could happen. Well, that I, I even get in the way sometimes, please tell me I'm not alone. If y'all leave me hanging on this, I'll get to all. But sometimes I even get so busy that I go, oh, yeah, but that's not the way we usually do it. Because I've enjoyed the comfort and complacency of at least I know what the day is going to bring, right? Because there's enough going on around us that it can be really hard. So anything new and anything changing is not an easy feat. Peter is in his routine and he's waiting on lunch. (laughs) And what happens but the Holy Spirit begins to speak to him And all of a sudden, his routine has changed. Have you guys been in that place? Now Peter has to go and meet this centurion who is not the kind of person he is supposed to talk to, much less meet with. Peter is a Jew. You do not mingle with Gentiles. And God is saying, go mingle. This week, I had one of those moments. I uh, was in my Sunday evening routine. And I do have a routine because Sundays for me usually are about 14 to 15 hour days at least every Sunday. And um, uh, there are a lot of times I preach three or four times on a, on a Sunday because of a lot of things that I do, long story. But I was in my routine. And I was in the part of my routine of, okay, winding down, praying about how my day went, praying about what I need to do tomorrow, and thinking about it, writing it all out. Um, And then I get a text message from somebody, and it was on the uh, Facebook Messenger, and it's, it's a member of Crosswalk. It sent me a text and said, hey, did your mom used to sing? And did she wear big glasses and an updo and a bow in her hair? And I'm like, who is creeping into my life here? My routine got shook up. Because all of a sudden, there is a person that started visiting here at Crosswalk that I didn't know, I didn't think. They were invited by somebody else, and all of a sudden, This little girl that I remember as a little girl is now a mama to this cute little baby walking around here. Well, her grandmother and my mother were best friends. Both her grandmothers, actually. From the days when I was a kid and we traveled together, and I'm like, you talk about a blast from the past, but here's what I didn't realize is how much I just needed my routine to be shook up. 
because I needed to be reminded of my mother. Because those were the days that I started doing what I do. Steph, I'm glad you shook up my routine. But here's what I also find that when you begin to change your routine, change can be uncomfortable. Once again, why do we like our routines? Because it's comfortable. It's okay. We like it. Even if you work out and, and you put that extra five pounds on those weights, it's not comfortable. It hurts. Peter meets with the centurion and learns something new. He learns that the gospel is for everyone. But like everything that comes with change, the change is not comfortable. Even though change happens, that doesn't mean it will be easy. And I think that's what does scare us about change, right? Is that it usually isn't. At this point, Peter begins to teach the gospel. And we learn that even after the verses that we read. Peter begins to teach the gospel that, hey, guess what? The Holy Spirit is for the Gentiles too. But it was so uncomfortable for Peter that we even read that later on, because he preached that message, he was killed for that. The Bible says he was crucified at the end of that chapter. It's not always comfortable. What I can promise you is it's totally worth it. Because change is going to happen. And in order for change to happen, which I don't know about you, I believe today we need to see change. We need to be reminded that the Holy Spirit is for the Gentiles. We need to be reminded that the Holy Spirit is for women. We need to be reminded that Holy Spirit is for everyone that walks through the door. And you know what? Here is the deal. The Holy Spirit is even for your enemies. The Holy Spirit is for everyone. Here's my favorite part, Dave. Is that in the midst of that change and in the midst of that uncomfortableness is God can change anyone's heart. That's not my job. So in the midst of Peter's busyness and in the midst of being in his routine and in the midst of finding something new and in the midst of preaching the gospel, what happens is is that God begins to change his heart because let me tell you, this centurion is living the life that he needed to live in the sense that he's praying, he's believing, he's worshiping and what happens? He gives to the Jews. He's not supposed to be doing that. He's a centurion. Peter's heart was changed. God can change anyone's heart. I'm serious. God can change anyone's heart. We're in 2020. I've been excited and I've also been scared of this year because it means election year. 
I'm already tired of Facebook. But you know what I get the most tired of? I get the most tired of when people say, we need to bring God back to America again. Like you could have taken it away from God to begin with. I'm like, what are you talking about? Do you think that we have any way, shape, or form of taking God out of America? He is here just as much as he was 50 years ago. He is still here right now. And when people begin to talk about, I just don't see, I just don't know how this is going to work. I'm like, what are you talking about? God is working while you're sleeping. God is working while you're worrying. God is working while you're laughing. God is working while you're not even thinking about him. God is working. God is working. God is working on our country. God is working on our church. God is working in the United Methodist Church. And if there was ever a message that we need to hear, it's about the centurion and Peter. Because what we know is when this story gets really good is when they came together. They both were godly men. They both listened. They both knew what they needed to do. But when it really began to work and when the church began to grow is when they came together. When they united together, that's when it began to change. In order for us to be united, we have to change. The people we think we know, we may not really know. Maybe for some it is time for us to be a little more grace-filled. Maybe for some of us it's a time for us to look a little more inward. That also sounded like a lot of work, didn't it? But I'm no longer a slave to fear. Because I am a child of God. And he split that sea way before I ever came along. And that sea will be split when I'm gone. For your children and the children behind us. He did that for all of us. And the generations to come, he did that. But guys, we are at a place that we have no choice but to unite together. Man, woman, black, white, brown, we don't care, gay, straight, whatever. We have to unite together. And when you unite in God's love and not your love, when you're not dependent on what that means for you, something happens. So today I challenge you to stop and think about how am I in my routine? Am I learning today what God is trying to show me? Am I paying attention? And am I the change that the world needs? United 
together, we can change this world, and I believe it. I do believe it with all my heart. You are an example of that to me. You have changed me because I know you. My life is better. My life is different because I know you. As I get ready to close, I want to just tell you, for me, many of you know the story of the young lady that I was mentoring years ago that was just like Leah that made national news because she was murdered. The next part of that story for me, though, was where I saw uniting together in love change something. We went to trial for Mel Mel's murder. We sat in a courtroom for a week. We sat in a courtroom with a gentleman that had murdered Mel. We sat in a courtroom with the family of the gentleman that had murdered Mel. It was hard. But we got ready to end the case and they made the judgment. He was guilty. And they said to me, they said, Didi, what we need you to do is we need you to get the family over to this podium so that they can make a press release. And so my sole job was just to get them over there. And if they couldn't speak, I was going to have to do it. But I need you to get them to this podium as they walk out of the court room. So I was ready. And I'm walking the family out. Here we go. And you want to feel good about at least he got a guilty plea and nobody's feeling good about it. Doesn't bring her back. But I'm walking to this podium and I look up and behind me, Mel's mother is gone. I'm like, where did she go? I had one job to get her from here to here and she's gone. Cameras are everywhere press is everywhere and I just had to get her there and I have lost her I'm short I can't find her and then all of a sudden there's this opening and cameras move and everybody moves the shot I'll never forget it Ray. and I look up and Melanie's mom had gone over and grabbed the mother that had murdered her child and she grabbed her and she hugged her and embraced her. And she did not let go. And I just sat there. I was stunned. Because in that moment, God changed me. And I said, Aunt Peggy, what are you doing? She said, I realized in that moment, we both lost our children. And I didn't want another mother to feel the way that I did. Because of her obedience, I was changed. Because of your obedience, lives are changed. 
And when we realize we're in this together, it changes. Father, I thank you. I thank you for the God that you are. A God that can bring the Jews and the Gentiles together. A God that can bring us all together. A God that can tear down walls of fear, walls of shame, walls of the past, and fear of the future. But God, I thank you for the God that you are and that you are ever-present and you are always there to show us something new. You are there, God, to show us who you are in all things and that there's always something new to be learned. And I thank you that you're a God that we know we are better together than we are apart. I may not be like anybody else, but I am your child. And because I am your child, I belong. Let our life bring glory, God, to you. Let our life bring honor to you. Let us be a brave Cornelius. And let us be an open place like Peter was to hear your voice. Let us get out of our comfort zone in your precious and your holy name.